0: we don't got too much cuz we have a really kickass ass interview. Yeah. So stick around. And uh we have some movie news though. Yeah, sure. Uh, right now Star Wars celebration is going on. We think that a trailer may be released, but they're showing pictures of some of the characters yeah. which is We saw really Lando. Cool. We saw Lando. We saw the new character Janna. Mhm.
1: Why are we not getting this now? Why are <laughs> we like spending all day To get this
0: (laughs) They're building up to it I don't know Suspense I agree with
1: you Didn't you say that they're Oh they'll have it in the morning Like most No
0: I'm like I don't think they're gonna release anything I don't I don't know They could
2: I think they
1: will Did they in
0: the last couple Star Wars Celebrations Release trailers Uh,
2: I don't know
1: I I remember the trailer For uh, The Last Jedi Was released in the morning
2: Yeah Yeah Because I I think it premiered on a TV On like Good Morning America Maybe Yeah
1: Yeah So (laughs) That's well, not a good morning for America today.
0: It's <laughs> a bad morning.
2: <laughs> I bet it'll be at the butt end of their whole presentation and then yeah. so which means we it's gonna be done like after we've recorded this and put it on the internet. Yeah. And we could talk about it next week.
0: Yeah. Well we're super excited for Star Wars, but like I just feel like I'm at overload right now. Like With Disney stuff? Just I have no overload of like game of thrones is starting oh, sure. mm-hmm. and then Endgame, game and it's like i gotta see Endgame. Yeah. where
1: is my there's, it trailer there's so <laughs>
0: much uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much press going on with like avengers it's like i want to see uh-huh. all the interviews i'm like i can't handle all of this
2: they're hilarious because they can't talk about anything and right. the, the stupid i say stupid i shouldn't say that but all of the people interviewing them keep trying to ask them stuff and it's yeah. like stop trying to fish spoilers because yeah. if i'm watching this i do not want a spoiler no. yeah. why are you doing this exactly and then some of them I think even like I think it was Scarlett Johansson and, and what's her uh, Denai Guerrero was like they were
0: like you don't want to know this. Yeah. yeah. Like do you really we want told you, really you want to tell you? No, exactly. I agree. But so there, we have Disney news too. Like so Disney's coming out with their streaming service <sighs> yeah. and it's like
2: November 12th. Yeah. Cheap.
0: 6.99. 6.99. That is
2: shocking uh, again, to me. Again,
0: I know I've said this, but like I don't want it. Like what am I going to oh, watch on it. that? <laughs> I want it. I mean, like, I saw this, so there's like different tabs. It's like Disney movies, Mar- there's Marvel, yeah. and then there's a couple of their tabs Star Wars tab.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just what they showed. I mean, there's going to be like their live action remake of Lady and the Tramp is going to yeah. premiere on there. The, like, I
0: don't need all the, the Disney movies. like, The live action streaming.
2: Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, is going to premiere when it comes out. I all mean, the Marvel movies. The are only be thing I on feel like
0: I'm because uh, I don't think I, if that was like on Netflix, I don't think I'd be watching the Marvel extra stuff anyways. I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be watching any of the extra Star Wars shows. Like I really just like the movies. Mm-hmm. So sure. I mean, well, all the movies are going to be on there. I know, but like you can We've get you them. can get to the movies no well, matter what. There's so. going to be
2: like the all the Pixar movies are going to be on there. I
0: know, like okay, who's I mean, sitting here ar- again? <laughs> who is sitting around just watching all these Pixar movies?
2: People with kids.
0: I right. Yeah. But so I it's perfect for those. you. A
2: lot of people. Have I don't care. have well, those. Well, you don't. You're like a minority right. of people who don't care about Disney Plus. I
0: understand <laughs> that it's exciting for parents who like that's all that their kids well, watch not all day. Just, but like, I
2: mean, I, I don't want like I'm excited for myself too because I'm excited for all the new Marvel content and all the Star Wars content. Plus, there's like there's an animate there's going to be animate new animated series on there. Like, you know, I'm, there's a, there's one called What If, which is like an animated series take with different different big events in the Marvel universe. And then they're going to change perspectives. Like the first episode is going to be, what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum? Oh. Like, that sounds kind of cool.
1: I'm calling yeah, it right now in six months time. <laughs> I'm
2: like, what think about <laughs> in it? Six months
1: time, that price, they will send out an email yeah, and say, we're raising it to eight 99. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: sure it's to. But yeah, and it's going to keep going
1: up. Start, they always
0: um, go up. It's,
1: but That's what she but said. To start,
0: That's pretty cheap, though, I guess.
2: But you can also do a year subscription for sixty nine ninety nine. So if they do announce it in six months, if you've already paid your 69 uh, then there you go.
1: Okay.
0: But, like, there are a lot of new cool shows yes. on there. Like, I feel like every day they're announcing, like, something what else, was yeah. the one that you were telling? Scarlet Witch and...
2: Yeah, Scarlet Witch and Vision. They confirmed that was happening, and it's going to be called WandaVision, which is so terrible. Awful.
0: But is it going to be Elizabeth Olsen yes. and Paul Bettany?
1: Yes. So that's almost as worse of a title as Mr. Magorium's Pandemorium. <laughs> Wonder that Emporium. Wonder Emporium. And WandaVision.
0: Be- like, what is that going to be about, though? Like, their romance? Yeah,
2: I, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's something like that. And their adventures, and there's going to be a Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, limited series. And is it
0: just going to be like them going on little mini adventures?
2: Yeah, but supposedly will have repercussions on the films too. Like, which is the good, which is good because like the Daredevil shows, which supposedly take place in the universe, those don't actually have any ramifications on the MCU, and Mm. it's kind of annoying. Mm. There's also rumors of a Hawkeye series where he's passing the torch to Kate Bishop.
0: wait, who?
2: kate bishop she's like future hawkeye like oh the woman mm-hmm. there's a woman hawkeye yeah like she takes the mantle in the comics cool so there's a lot of who stuff. plays her well in the movies wouldn't i don't know oh we don't know yet No, no yet
0: i just feel like there's so much content like a sandlot so, six, series uh, they're bringing back
2: the original cast of the sandlot to I, do a I sandlot series
0: i don't want to, my i don't want the original sandlot to be ruined though well it's gonna be about their kids
1: Of course, because that's the easy way out in the 80s. I just feel
0: like that's going to be so corny and bad. I don't know. I just I'm um, I, I think 699 is like great cuz that's like if you wanted yeah. to rent a Disney movie for 3 days like sure. that's the cost of mm-hmm. two Disney movies and you're getting a lot of like really cool new content but it's just uh-huh. stuff that like I don't feel like I I want to see. Well,
2: the thing is is I think we're all like also underestimating like what Disney has because I mean they own I mean it's ABC so maybe all their ABC shows are going to be on there yeah. and I mean like Disney has a lot of stuff. That's true.
1: And it's we may be it's surprised. crazy that like Showtime and some of those I think cost maybe 9.99 mm-hmm. a month. Well, and maybe so, that's why the
2: price is so cheap cuz to your point, maybe maybe we'll get it and there's not as much content as we think
0: I, and that's why. I think there's going to be but. a lot It's just like I don't, I don't feel like I need it.
1: I mean, I am even struggling sure. with trying to pay $15 a month which I'm going to start this weekend because of Game of Thrones. Oh, sure, But, but I don't want to pay $15 a month on oh, top gonna of Netflix. You're going to do a free trial. Well, it's like 7 days. They don't offer like 30 days and they oh, okay. use, well, unless maybe there is like for the Amazon Prime or something. But they, I've tried to scour the internet mm-hmm. for that and for, like, they used to do that.
0: So it's 15
1: Yes. fourteen mm-hmm. ninety nine, and it And that's like across the board from what I'm seeing. Are
0: like, you going to get it so you can watch as it's
1: going? I'm gonna probably do it Sunday. Might as well just wait. But then that would
0: be so hard to sit there and wait for the final season and not watch it with everybody else. I don't
1: want to be because you know the next day there's gonna be spoilers everywhere, and I I don't want. I feel like I'm just gonna pay thirty dollars because it would only be what seven episodes. It's six episodes. So there you go. So that's thirty dollars for. You'd have to avoid all
0: spoilers until the end of May,
1: (laughs) and I already had the conversation with Gretchen about that I'm sorry, but from 9 to 10... On Sundays, I will be watching. No <laughs> talkie. So no. Te-
0: no talkie. <laughs> <laughs> No texty. No talkie. I'm afraid
1: too that I'm like, if I don't watch it right at nine, you all are gonna text me, and be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see oh, the white walker?" My phone walkers? is off. No, no, no. I am not texting. I'm not texting anybody. Like, You're you... not even gonna be up. I guess. I'm gonna be yeah.
0: freaking yeah.
2: raging oh, yeah, for, yeah, for game of for thrones.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why would
0: he not be up?
2: <laughs> also, it's bed. not nine o'clock,
1: is it? Eight. Eight. I thought it was eight. I thought it's eight.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not that
1: late. You don't know. Oh, I don't. I think it's nine. I'm
0: Pretty sure it's eight Um, because I used to work mornings and have to
2: watch it. And
0: yeah, it was eight the last few times.
2: I'm
1: thinking nine,
0: but I'm like radio (laughs) silence. Like, you will not. If I get a text message, I'm gonna throw my phone across the room. Actually, I'm just gonna put my phone across the room when I start it because I want, like, I'm gonna laser focus on the show. Yeah, I'm so excited, guys. I'm gonna
1: text you just. No, my phone's gonna be off. gifts. gifts.
0: I'm gonna block (laughs) you on my phone (laughs) because (laughs) I need attention on. You know what makes me mad though? It's like there's been several people like so my brother like just started watching Game of Thrones like last month mm-hmm. and like none of these people had to wait. The oh, years right. mm-hmm. and years and years Between seasons And sure. it makes me so freaking mad <laughs> you Don't even know how upset I am about like I Oh know. well you didn't have to wait For years in between seasons Like oh, I did I'm sure, for all this stuff I'm sure
2: my mom feels the same way <sighs> with most shows Nowadays yeah. like because so binging is You know a yes. thing like, she like used oh, to watch Lucky shows. for you
0: you just get to watch it all At once you yeah. don't have to wait at all Like you get to see the final season like I've been waiting a year And a half Right <laughs>
1: I think for certain shows, it hurts them by not having to be able to binge. Like, that's a big enough show where it's fine. But, like, the act that came out, I've been dying to watch that. But I'm not going to watch it and then wait for that show every <laughs> single week. Yeah. But it's like, come <laughs> First on. First World Problems. Yeah. And it's like, but, You're so spoiled but shows by like. You know, I know, seriously. Well,
2: Handmaid's we, Tale is the same way, though. Yeah.
0: Wait.
1: That's why sometimes they I don't only watch them every week.
0: week. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The yeah. same, with the that Adnan is. series, right. I never watch that because I'm like, well, no, I don't I wanna, have to wait a week. Yeah, I, I know. I sound so spoiled.
2: Well, it's mostly it's, for me. It's kind of nice because like we were rewatching season two of Stranger Things and it's like, well, we're watching an episode a night. So it's like it's kind of nice when you get caught up on a show and can watch it just once a week. Mm-hmm. Like we watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine once a week now because we're, we've, we're caught up on the show. Sometimes it's kind of nice because like, we don't have to worry about it every day.
1: That's why we watch yeah. The Real Housewives because it's a great show with dinner. Because you don't really have to pay attention, but it's something to have on. Like, I'm not going to watch Stranger Things when I'm eating dinner. You can't eat and watch TV? You're constantly looking down, and you miss you, things. Okay,
0: no, like, I have to side with Chris on this a little Thank bit. You. Like, we, but we don't watch that crappy of shows. <laughs> like, we'll put on, like, I don't know, uh-huh. a Catastrophe or a, um, what's the show? Pawnee, Indian Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec or something, you know, something yeah. like that, like a mm. fun comedy. Oh, sure. Cause like you don't want to put on Deadwood or
2: right. Oh,
0: Game of Thrones episode I when you're eating. I am an excellent
2: multitasker.
0: I don't. So do I don't like, like eating when it's like a show I care about yeah. and I haven't seen. Like I'll sure. put on like a rerun or a comedy or something mm, like that. Right. But yeah, I'm. I, I would never watch a Bravo show. But <laughs> I think there are better eating shows than. No, just.
2: I don't have to like look at my food the whole time to eat it. I mean, so I, do you no, even but You look,
1: like yeah. all your
0: attention? Like you don't want to be doing that. If while you're, you're like cutting watching steak a show. and you're not
1: going to be like, well, maybe cutting I just won't eat with certain
2: your... things. But I like. I like, I just say I'm just saying. I'm a great multitasker. I also, just, I, I also want my when now. you have a when you have a kid, you really learn to multitask because mm-hmm. yeah. you have to. So maybe that's why but like sure. my wife though is a terrible multitasker. If she's on her phone, she's
0: missing everything. Yeah. Which you know. I get yelled at a lot cuz I do get on my phone, but it's like normally stuff that I'm not so interested in, but mm-hmm. if it's something yeah. I need to like focus on, like I'm not watching that while I'm Sure. Eating. It's got to be like after dinner. Yeah. Man. So, like a John Oliver, we'll watch John Oliver mm-hmm. when we're eating, stuff like that. Like like talk shows stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but. That was a good rant. Well, maybe yeah. that's like maybe that's something we need to talk about like in the future for a, an <laughs> actual topic is like yeah. what shows can you watch while eating? Everything, man. Yeah, Justin says everything. Maybe.
2: It's <laughs> thank you topic. for we just settled that. After also, a
1: year of doing this podcast.
2: Also, we used for. to do that growing up. Like for dinner, we'd put like we we'd re- rent a movie or watch a movie. Like I, maybe it's just because we did it growing up that I can like I, mm-hmm. know, I can. Just, I can zone that's in good. on a movie and no. I don't, like I said, I don't have to look at my food. It's got
0: to be something mm. I've seen before. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, or something made, like that halfway through. If, if I have to do something like laundry or if I'm working out, I'm not going to
0: watch something new yeah. because.
1: And that's what we do with a down. lot of the housewives because some, some seasons are boring. Like this yes. one, the Beverly Hills season. I would is argue
0: all of them are boring.
2: No, and pointless. they're great. Uh,
1: but this one specifically, you can while, you can do laundry and everything.
2: While Chris continues to ruin our credibility yeah. let's uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's <laughs> change subjects. <laughs>
2: I'm just kidding. We love you, Chris. Mm. Um, but not when you're talking about Bravo. They released the Bra- Lion King trailer. Oh yeah, yes. Disney. Not Chris, not like for the Disney presentation. Chris, said it's perfect. I loved it. Well, the animation's great. Yeah. Yes. It looks but fun. I think the
1: trailer is gr- I'm not saying like that this is going to be like the newest, best movie ever because it's not new. It's not original. Yeah. But I think that for what it is, I think that this looks one million times sure. better than Aladdin. Yeah. And I think that this is going to be the biggest. Well, okay. Not Disney movie because you have Avengers, I guess. And, and stuff Star Wars. And Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is going to be the biggest family movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. From Disney? Probably.
0: It looks fine. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be good. I, I'm, not, I just, just, I'm not excited about it's, it, but it be good.
2: Yeah. And I am excited. I, it's I'm just not. kind of a weird thing because, I mean, it's just the cartoon, just different animation yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But,
0: but that's, it why looks, that's why I'm not excited. Now I'm sure. I can
1: see, though, why that people are like, oh, live action. I mean, it looks it's great. Good. It mm-hmm. should.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, you can do some great stuff. with. But
1: I feel yeah, like CGI, movies, and maybe this is like, uh, maybe it's just because I don't see a lot of animation movies anyways, but I feel like... When you look at the animation from when they've done redone movies, like, okay, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. I like the remake. It's, I mean, I love the original, mm-hmm. but the, the new one's great. Yeah. The Beast kind of like waddles around sometimes, <laughs> and he's not like, I mean, he's fine. But when you look at that animation just several years ago uh-huh. compared to this, I'm like, holy crap. Like the animals actually look yeah. like real animals. Because I, I don't like animation movies because I think a lot of them look fake but oh. this one looks real. It does look And real I think and, times are you know. changing, though. And where, it's
2: essentially you know. just like if they remade a movie. It's just when you put new actors yeah. in a role, it's essentially that. It's yeah. just new animation looks different, but... I sure so like, so, Yeah,
0: whatever. So it's
1: piss off, James Cameron. You can't do anything anymore.
0: James Cameron? Yeah, oh, because his because animation... Technology.
1: He was like the animation king, and but now he's... Oh, but that was like
0: 19... Yeah. 19-
1: no. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that, like, that's the only we've reason with Avatar, Avatar. I'm like, oh, he'll actually do something cool visually. No, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can well, tell. I, yo, keep going. Do you have no, more I'm, to say? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got some really kick ass people coming on the show. One person. One person. But
2: but he's played a lot of really cool people in movies and television. I don't know why.
0: I like it. I, I, yeah. One person is on the show, yeah, and he's here.
2: All right. We are here with with, uh, David DeSmalshin, and we're pretty excited. Overland Park native, as we've been talking about now. And you're here for the KC Film Fest.
3: Yeah man um uh all creatures here below the film yeah. that I wrote and acted in we shot it in Kansas City 3 years ago that's so mind blowing and now it's uh it's going to play at the film fest it's awesome yeah, the trailer me. looks great by it the does. way thanks yeah. like it looks yeah. like
2: I'm going to enjoy it but cry and which is probably <laughs> it, it, the best kind of movie
3: It's yeah it's not an easy watch it's a it's a rough, yeah. it's a rough film it's it's a definitely a dark drama a thriller and uh and it takes you to some really really uh, rough places so it was um it was a very challenging film to make for lots of lots of reasons, mm-hmm. but uh, coming home and you know and 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 making this where I grew up was um, it was kind of incredible.
1: She so. looked very intimidating in in the role too, and then it's like we talked to you and you're like this is a really nice guy, and I'm like oh my gosh, she's so <laughs> intimidating. You're though, ex-
0: you're surprised he's a really nice no, guy. No, I'm not saying
1: that. no, thing. but I'm just like I get so cool. involved with like performances, and I'm like oh my gosh, he looks so sure. different. So, well, yeah.
3: I I I have been very fortunate, and I've been blessed to have a really fun time. Getting to play a lot of neat roles over the years, and they tend to be, um, you know, psychopaths, yeah. <laughs> maniacs, and, and intense characters. And uh, I don't know what that says about me in a <laughs> person, but um, with this character, I wanted to create somebody who is, um, for all intents and purposes, incredibly threatening uh, just by his presence and mm-hmm. the way he kind of moves and looks and, and uses his body in mm-hmm. space because. Um, as we'll get to know more and more about him throughout the course of the story unfolding we realize that there's a reason he's kind of built this giant wall this exterior around himself and um, and hopefully the you know the humanity in the character we won't maybe get to know much about till later in the story but we'll if it's convincing and i think that's true with a lot of the the people used to be, especially like growing up in what was uh in many regards a really kind of there was a lot of macho culture where i grew up and there was a lot of like men dudes are a certain way especially um you know um uh if 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 you wanted to it was just like it was a survival thing and from this character he really had to be um it was all about survival so i i wanted to embody that cuz i I bought into that for a minute in junior high and in high school but I would buy in and buy out of it and and I and it never uh you know it wasn't it wasn't effective for me. I was like I was just telling you guys before we started taping I was also hiding in the comic book shop or watching movies and um so luckily I didn't uh I didn't have to rely on that the way Jensen does but um I also wanted the juxtapose with that intensity, Karen's character, because Karen Gillan plays Ruby, um, who's the, the the girlfriend of my character, and she, for all intents and purposes, is like a delicate, very fragile, very um, very vulnerable person. And yet, I, I, I hope as people watch the movie, they'll start to realize that um, which character is going to actually be the most dangerous if you will <laughs> the most uh, the one that the one that you really have to be careful with it, it might not be who you think Sure. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you describe this as kind of a suspenseful thriller drama. Yes. Can you kind of just tell us a little bit about maybe a summary of what?
3: Sure. So these these characters, Jensen and Ruby, they live in Los Angeles, um, hair's breadth away from just abject poverty, and he's working in a um, a pizza place, and she is kind of on assistance and has a job that was pla- She was placed at work cleaning in a church, and they've both lost their jobs, and. Um, so he kind of takes this big gamble and they, they both feel they've really been denied a lot in their lives mm-hmm. um, they might not even be conscious of it but it's just something that drives them this frustration that they have and um, and so in, in in a kind of a fatalistic twist on the same night Jensen takes a big gamble and risks uh, what little money they have in on a, on a, on on a bet at a, at a cockfight and ends up getting caught up in a really dangerous situation and um, and gets a, a, a stack of money. Mm-hmm. And Ruby takes the thing that she's always been denied, which she thinks she deserves and, and feels like it's life isn't fair. And she believes she'd be a great mother and she's never been able to be one. And so there's a kid that she thinks isn't. Isn't being raised properly and she takes that kid and these are two horrible decisions that these people make with the best of intentions and of course they go on the run and the place they go and run to is where they're both from, which is a place they've been hiding from for years and we don't really know why as an audience. We, it will be revealed to us but they go back to Kansas City, which is where they're from, where they've been hiding from. And it's a place they go to both hide and also to confront this thing that they've been running from for Mm -hmm. so long. Um, So that takes us here. Where you filmed. Where you filmed. Uh,
0: So how important was that for you to come back to Kansas City and be able to film something here?
3: I mean, I, I, I try to never say like... Like I, I, I'll never say when I write something like I'm not doing this if I don't get to play the role. <laughs> yeah. I made a film before Animals and I, and I always said like I really, really want to play this this role and I really want Chicago to be where we set animals because it's a character in the film. But if those things end up standing in the way of getting the movie made, then I always know that I have to be willing to step aside. Same thing when I was writing All Creatures Here Below. I said this Kansas City is a third character in this film. It has to be shot there. And I really want to play Jensen. And then when you find a team that's willing to help put together the money, the creative um, talent, the resources, everything and time and energy to make it, sometimes you have to go, what do you guys think? So I knew I was very smart how I put this together. (laughs) If we could bring them, I got the director and I brought him to Kansas City with his little camera and he started (laughs) shooting and seeing what I knew he would see when he got here. He fell in love with it. We went back, got the producers Brought them to Kansas City and then um, Steph Scuppum who runs the Kansas City Film Office, she met us and took us around and um, And by the time we left, they were like, all right, we're going to go. And and then and the, the film incentive that uh, – the tax incentive that the Kansas City um, – the city of Kansas City offers a, a, a tax rebate which was um, – which was very alluring. Hopefully Missouri gets a, uh, a statewide tax incentive because then yeah, be it's great. so much more production here. Yeah. And I have uh, two more films that I really want to get made. One, I've been working for about two years, um, and it's set in Kansas City. And I did the same thing. We brought these producers in, showed them around, and they're all committed now to making it in Kansas City. That's awesome. That's do, cool. Do
0: you think that people kind of who aren't from here have an idea of what Kansas City is in their head? And then when they come, they realize like just how versatile that it can be in a film.
3: Totally. And they're always wrong. And yeah. they, always, <laughs> they always get here and they're like, uh-huh. wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> da, da, da. And the great thing about the, it, it, just from a business and brass tax kind of uh, perspective is the, the zone in which you have to, film to qualify for the Kansas City tax itself is so expansive that it covers all these different terrains. So you could shoot a film that is supposedly set in like a rural community and still qualify because you'd be within the zone. Mm-hmm. You could shoot in a um, everything from a mansion neighborhood to trailer park to uh, honky-tonk to fancy mm-hmm. restaurants. You've got every location, all these textures, all these colors, all these settings that haven't been filmed in other movies before – so that's what's attractive to the creative people. And then for the business people, we just want to get more incentives so that we can get – I want to yeah. get people here. Sure.
2: <laughs> so you've been um, open before about your year struggling with addiction and mm-hmm. living out of your car, and that's what inspired your first film – animal or first screenplay for Animals. Yep. So what was the inspiration behind this one?
3: So All Creatures um, – I mean this, this plot itself was something I had been – Dreaming up and thinking about for years, and where the plot or where like the the, the journey kind of grew from, I'm, I'm I can't say specifically other than a fascination and love for films, um, ranging you know from I don't know Raising Arizona mm-hmm. all the way to um, Terrence Malick's early stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I. I, there was there was though this revelation within my family about six years ago which was this really dark um, thing that had been unspoken uh, for decades uh, really really dark um, chapter in my family's history that involves some really horrific abuse uh, at the hands of one of the members of of the family and um, and that had just always kind of gone it was like this big giant scary monster elephant that was like in the next room but nobody ever really mm-hmm. addressed it and then it came out in this really dramatic way about 6 years ago and I think I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to, what to think about it and it just it started um and not that I used my writing as some kind of therapy but it definitely helped me understand I think why I was trying to tell the story that I was trying to tell mm-hmm. And so I just started, once I sat down to write, we were on a plane going to show animals at a film festival. Myself, Colin Shipley, who's the director of animals and all creatures Here below. And my wife, Eve, who has always been my biggest cheerleader and, and, and has helped me get so many of my projects going. We were sitting together and I opened my laptop and I started typing and they were both like, what are you typing? I was like, I don't, and, uh, I'll show you soon. <laughs> and within a day, I had my first draft of the screenplay, and oh, wow, it never wow. changed very much between what I first wrote and what we shot.
2: That's rare and awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> sorry. I'm like coughing over here. Me too. I'm oh, sorry.
3: I've got <laughs> Um,
0: I know that the tax incentives are a big part of future projects, but... Let's say that everything passes and, you know, we do get all the tax incentives that we need. Do you hope to do some of your future projects here?
3: Yeah. So I've got a, a horror film the, that is what I hope is the next thing that is produced that I wrote. Um, and that is set in Joplin. Um, oh. mm-hmm. But we could shoot it around Kansas City and double a lot of the neighborhoods in, in, that would qualify us for the tax incentive uh, and, and say that they're Joplin. And some of and, and, and some of it takes place outside of Joplin like um, – the the main character kind of drives towards Kansas City at one point, but it's a horror film that deals with um, uh, um, generational um, uh, issues and addiction. And um, I'm very excited about it. We have this. I, f- I found this incredible director uh, who lives in New York, and she um, she's amazing. And and she had made a short film called Friday a couple of years. Her name's Laura Moss. Uh, she made a co- couple of years ago this short film that I watched, and I was like, Oh man, this is this is this person is, is going to direct um, Hide Your Eyes, which is the name of the mm. horror film. So she and Steve Wagner was one of the producers that I got to know through working on Blade Runner 2049 and Prisoners. And then another producer, um, Molly Elfman, um, brought them to Kansas City. And Steph actually met us with a – got us in a van and drove us from Joplin all the way to Kansas City, showed us places that would qualify for the incentive, took them to Jack Stack Barbecue. <laughs> we went to Martin City uh, – And by the time we got on the plane to fly back, they were all like, yeah, we got to make this movie in Kansas. That's great. uh, Yeah.
1: You mentioned Prisoners. And I have to say, I've said this a million times on our podcast. Prisoners is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a great film. I'm not even going to say top five. Top three favorite movies. (laughs) I love your performance in that. It's so haunting, so creepy. Thanks. What was that like? I mean, you know, you told us before about Dark Knight. But what was it like to? Can you kind of tell us about the story about The Dark Knight again? And then also, um, you know, how that kind of led into um, prisoners and some of your bigger roles?
3: Yeah, I've been very, 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 very lucky, fortunate, blessed. Uh, I was a theater actor in Chicago. And I had finally gotten, you know, several years of sobriety uh, under my belt. So I was feeling comfortable getting back on stage and being uh, an actor again. And I had booked a couple of national commercials and I was doing some amazing theater in Chicago and felt like, wow, I, f- I can't believe I'm living, let alone getting to do what I love again, um, maybe for $400 a week, but it didn't matter. You know, I was, I was happy. And then I got this chance to audition for one of the, the clowns in the opening heist sequence of The Dark Knight. And... Though I didn't get that role and was devastated, little did I know that um, the director and casting director in my audition for that that clown scene had actually decided that they wanted me for a different role, which ended up being a really wonderful little role in The Dark Knight. And so when I went and filmed that, that was an amazing dream. I I love to always give shout outs to Clint's Comics here in Kansas City because Clint's Books, uh, which is on Westport, they had another store called Clint South in Metcalf South. And that's where I grew up um, spending all my free money. Um, And I am a diehard comic book fan. The Joker's always been one of my favorite characters in all of Lit. And so getting to work for him in a movie of that nature changed my life. Uh, I went from there, um, did some more shows that I was already working on and spent about a year in New York, which was awesome. I met my wife there and then moved to Los Angeles in 2010. And even though I'd worked on the Dark Knight, I, you know, I didn't have any connections in LA, I didn't have good agents or didn't have agents or managers, didn't really know anybody. So it was a lot of hustling and just trying to figure my way around the city. And um things started to finally come together. I was making a lot of my own stuff and shooting my own things and um and I had got an offer to go work on a film um, and 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 it wasn't it was for at that time to me a lot of money and when I read the script, I didn't connect with it at all and I remember being really sad because I thought like I don't think I should say yes to this job because I don't think I'll do a good job, and the people making it really care about their their movie and so I, it was a tough decision for me because I wanted to propose to my then girlfriend, now my wife at the time, and I didn't have money and you know and I just i decided i shouldn't do it so i turned it down and about three or four days later when i would have been off starting that film i got uh an opportunity to go in and audition for this role in prisoners um which was just the director was not there i was in a room with the casting director and they taped my scene and they sent it to him and i found out about a month later mm-hmm. that he had fought because they had mostly stars in that movie and 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 uh He, for some reason, really thought I was the guy. And so then I went down to Atlanta and I met Denis Villeneuve for the first time and I was already a big fan of his movies. And I just thought, I can't believe I'm getting to do this. And the way we shot was insane. It was so close. I was, I was creeping around houses, you know, with Roger Deakins (laughs) shooting and lighting these scenes and Denis kind of coaching me through and they really gave me, he gave, he gives you so much freedom and liberty as an actor to, to create and make choices and take risks and, um just been so lucky I've worked with him now a couple of times and I am in the process of getting ready to go and work with him again. Ugh. On, yeah. on, Undo- on, on, on doom. I, I
2: was I was wondering. On uh, doom. That... Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs>
3: that is a big
2: wow.
0: deal.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. cool.
0: That cast <laughs> seems like pretty that is outstanding. A st- yeah. It is, and and
3: and 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 that I'm getting to play Peter Devries, who is this really horrific, wonderful character. He is. I mean, he's a human stiletto. He is a uh, a sadist, and he is a very important crucial part of baron Harkonnen's mission to kind of um take power back from this new family the atreides Mm -hmm. family which has arrived on arrakis and so getting to be the guy that's kind of i'm like the brains of the evil operation (laughs) in this movie and uh i get to face off with some actors who i love oh my god oscar isaac is uh, oh uh, man we all love him Yeah. yeah So a,
0: you can't say Oscar Isaac without right. being like, oh, that's so, <laughs> well, so cool.
2: <laughs> I wanted to, like, so you're in Dune with all of these great actors, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac, Timothy Chalamet, and you've been in Ant-Man with Michael Douglas and Michael Pena and Paul Rudd, and you've been in Blade Runner 24-9, all these, like, iconic properties, The Flash, Gotham. Like, you're going to be in Jalen Silent Bob reboot? Is that? Jalen Silent Bob. Yeah. You already
3: shot my stuff for that, yeah. Right. So, oh, like,
2: no. for someone, especially who grew up in comics and is such a huge fan, like, how crazy is that for you or how surreal is it to be in that world and being in scenes with Batman and Harvey Dent and The Flash and it's Ant-Man. It's
3: surreal. It's yeah. the perfect word. It is. It's surreal. And if it's a dream, I don't want to wake up. I'm sure. having too much mm-hmm. fun. I uh I love it so much and it's it's such a joy getting to go and feel uh not only like i'm i'm getting to play in the playground of my dreams as a Mm -hmm. kid but i'm also feeling very vindicated for
2: all the the (laughs) the crap i got for spending all (laughs) my long long (laughs)
3: money on comic books as a kid um but in in all truth it's just like i've worked with so many wonderful people and getting to be a part of the marvel cinematic universe and being like a sidekick to ant-man ant-man um you know originally was dr hank pym who is played by michael douglas in our films and um Hank was uh, in in and out of the West Coast Avengers, which was the first Marvel series that I collected on a monthly basis when I was a little kid, and um, and and these are all characters I've been you know familiar mm-hmm. with for for decades, and so it's. It's more than it's it's so bizarre. It's sure. so awesome and I and I just I have so much fun. I love my job. Yeah. Do That's you awesome.
0: feel like that helped you like being a comic book fan, like going into some of I these movies? I don't know.
3: I mean, I feel like it must because with even with The Dark Knight, I remember so whatever it was they saw in me, the the character, the audition that I had done for them and and, and the character I played in The Dark Knight were nothing like one another. And um and I they are so secretive about these things. So when I got cast and told I was going to be playing a thug of the Jokers, they didn't even tell me what I was going to be doing. So I was given fake what are called dummy sides. They, they give these out to protect them from leaking onto the internet mm-hmm. in case you know some actor with a small part thinks they want to share them with people. So I got these dummy sides, which I didn't know were dummy sides, and it was uh, that I was like a driver and I had a line that was like, there he is. Let's get him. And I, I created this whole character based on my knowledge of the kind of people who the Joker gets to work for him, and my thoughts about Arkham, et cetera. And so then I showed up to work, and I was like, "Why am I in a cop uniform? What's going on?" And they started to tell me what was really happening. And looking on the page, my character is said in the script it doesn't say anything about him like laughing or anything. It just says the, that I smirk at Harvey Dent when Dent inquires about the Joker, and that smirk is supposed to be so intimidating. That it causes Dent to kind of go crazy and kidnap me and go to interrogate me. And I remember thinking like, A, I'm not more physically intimidating than Aaron Eckhart. So that's not (laughs) important. B, somebody who would work for the Joker would easily be what I think my character behaved like. So to giggle at his serious questions might be the most intimidating thing I could possibly do. So all that, like those years of knowledge, mm-hmm. thinking about the kind of people that the Joker would 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 elicit to work for him and get the people under his thumb and et cetera. I just, I went there and I made this choice that I I might even be trying to ask for help or talk to you know to Harvey Dent about what I could help with the situation with. But I have this condition where I I can't help myself and I just keep giggling and it just. Luckily, the director loved it and. We, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all from reading comic books. Yeah. 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 And I geek out all the time with Peyton Reed when we're on set with Ant Man. We sure. start talking about weird characters in the MCU and you know, it's just it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So it's while amazing. you
2: geek out with Peyton Reed on comics, do you and Paul Rudd talk a lot about Kansas and growing Kansas up? Kansas City.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's that was a game on the first Ant-Man where we would try and outdo one another with um like obscure Kansas City references you know like we'd be shooting a scene and I'd just look over and be like do you have any coupons to Cool Crest <laughs> and he'd be like ah, I ran straight out but I think uh, I got an extra pass to go to Pogo's Friday to Pogo's and I'd get a slice of original pizza you know we go to Taco Villa we'd go to the Fun Fact we just always were throwing those, those at each other Happy Joe's was one we always talked about um, the Oak Park Mall we both mm. turned out had worked at Oak Park Mall when oh, we wow. were in high school and uh, yeah, that was that's awesome. awesome. I'm glad you mentioned original pizza because yeah. you both
1: looked at me like, what is that? And I'm like, original pizza. I'm not from was, here, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, 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 I grew up in Arkansas.
0: <laughs> um, did Paul Rudd know that you were from Kansas City when you started working on AMA And We heard that he maybe didn't know not that you were first. from here. Not
3: at first. No, it was great. I, I do. You do this thing when you're in the audition process called... T- testing um so you're up for a role at this point i'd audition for edgar wright who was the director at that point he wanted to bring me in to test which is a chemistry test so they had paul obviously was already cast michael peña was already cast and they were fleshing out the rest of the gang which at that point in that script had about seven of us were in his gang Hmm. and so you show up at disney i flew back from south by southwest actually where we were premiering animals um so i had to fly back early to go to this test and um And Paul and then a bunch of other actors and Michael Penyon, we would go in these different groups and you'd do scenes and improv and they film it like it's a real Mm -hmm. you know, scene from the film and then they all sit and watch and that's how they decide who they're gonna ultimately cast. So while we were doing it, I showed up in character, I, I mean, I'm one of those actors. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna get this role. So I came in character as I had to every audition before. And I only spoke with my character's <laughs> dialect that I thought of, and they was um, doing for improv, like in this like small room while they're filming. Like, they were doing all this great, crazy, like comedy, fun stuff. These guys are all funny, and I was like, I just sit by the side, and every once in a while, I'll say something <laughs> real dumb. So then we're in the green room on a break and having coffee and just everyone's so nervous. And Paul's such a nice guy. He's kind of going around and saying hi to everybody. And he got to me and he said, you know, hey, man, it's great work in there. That was really funny. Um when did you, you know, how long have you been in the United States? <laughs> <you> get here? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was uh, brought here. I was for um, assistant manager at Long John Silver, at <laughs> the Oak Park Mall. In and he was like, wow. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm from Overland Park, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went to Shawnee Mission South because I knew, I mean, everyone who grows up here knows, knows Paul Rose. Yeah. He's a hero here. So I, I was um, trying to play it cool. But, um, and God Bless Paul Rudd, man. He's been just such an awesome um, inspiration in my life, and he's such a he's such a good person. And he's he's been he's been really wonderful to me. That's, That's awesome. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah.
0: Do uh, you gravitate more towards those comedic roles, like Ant Man? Do you enjoy that more? Or do you like those, like, because you've had a lot of those darker ones too? What? I love
3: it all. You know, I, I don't know. The the comedy is really hard. It's, it's scarier to me, I think, maybe because I still I, I feel like in Sometimes I I get um, my insecurity will will feel the need to like really l- make things make things funny as opposed to people like Paul or David Koechner or other like masters of there's so many great comedians from Kansas City Sudeikis, I know yes Rob Riggle Stone Streets from not mm-hmm. far yeah. mm-hmm. those guys all know they just they've got it mastered you know and I if I'm doing a scene with somebody like that I get nervous because I want to make it funny so I just try to get out of my own way where it comes to a drama I think. Um, because I think of my background in theater and doing and, – and, you know, my first time really cutting my teeth on stage being mostly in dramas, I've, I've always felt more comfortable in that world. But I don't know. It always scares me no matter what. And I always love doing it no matter what I'm doing. And um, my gosh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, its I'm, everybody kind of comes in for one scene. Sure. So my <laughs> scene just... is ridiculous and I get to be totally crazy and um, <laughs> that was fun. You yeah, know?
2: I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, old school. He's kind
3: of a pretty says. awesome guy, That's man. That's cool. Yeah.
2: Well, as, a, as an audience member, it's pretty neat to see you in roles like Prisoners and Dark Knight and then suddenly see you in Ant Man. And I got to say, the Baba, was it Baba, Baba Yaga scene and the Truth Truthstorm scene in Ant Man and the Wasp? Is some of the funniest stuff in the
3: those, Marvel movies. Those were, those killed, man. Yeah. I was so lucky. That's that good. Accent the accent
0: is like on point. I don't know how you just yeah. pull that out. Well, Did you have to study for that?
3: Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, totally studied it. Watched, um, watched lots of interviews with, um, with people, you know, YouTube is such a great tool when you're an actor when mm-hmm. you're working on dialect stuff. I try not to, to do much of, like, the official dialect coaching situations and more going towards just mm, parroting and mim- yeah. mimicking, um, you know, people that I can find in real life. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Well, you mentioned all these Kansas City Overland Park actors who come back every year usually for Big Slick. That's coming up. Are you doing it again this year?
3: Yeah, that's uh, June seventh. I think uh, it's coming up real soon, and it's the tenth anniversary. I Think we're going to be uh, downtown. Uh, I don't want to misquote anything, but I believe it's the Sprint Center this year. Oh, really? Uh, it's going to be somewhere big. Um, cool. And
0: uh, yeah, it's at the Sprint Center.
3: Yeah, I'm putting together uh, my 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 donated items. I've got some exciting, um, some some really cool other uh, things that are that I'm a part of creating or being a part of that uh, we'll hopefully be, um, you know, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be tying up some loose ends on and being able to talk about soon. So I think I'm going to try and nab some cool gear to bring to awesome. the uh, to the fundraiser. Ooh, nice. Maybe Dune. I, I won't have shot my Dune stuff yet. I'll say I bring a big jar of sand. <laughs> uh, this is sand, I guess you, sand from Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Get your own pet sandworm. <laughs>
1: uh, well, before we let you go, we have to ask, what are your top five movies of all time i know it's putting you on the spot
3: well i think interestingly what movies are what they represent to us uh is so specific to each person so the way that i like to think about that question because i think about it a lot is (laughs) how it shaped who i am today and what they meant to me at the time i think um the muppet movie which is like 1979 (laughs) 1980 uh my Friend, growing up, Brian Bishop's mom took us to the Oak Park Mall cinema, and we watched the Muppet movie. And it was at a point in my life where suspension of disbelief was so vivid that, like, when Sweetums, the Muppet monster, ran through the screen at the end of the film, I thought he was in the theater (laughs) on uh, at Oak Park Mall theater. This was not Oak Park Plaza. This is when there used to be a movie theater Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. mall next to the Dairy Queen down on the first floor. So that's probably number one. 2001, A Space Odyssey is probably the second because that's a film that just opened my mind to the possibilities of cinema. And I watched bits and pieces and then ultimately the whole thing over the many years of my growing up and into my adulthood. And it's something I can always go back and revisit when I just... Not that there aren't a million other things, but that awe-inspiring like quality of what film can do and deep, deep, deep ideas into storytelling. It's such an incredible piece of art. And then I think... Um, you know, the Dracula and both Dracula and the Wolfmen are kind of tied for, for third, those universal horror films. I mm-hmm. grew up in Kansas City watching Cremation Mortem's creature feature on um, what was the, the Fox affiliate back then. Now that's 41 is now an NBC station, which is. Mm-hmm. Are we here right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. It's in this studio. <laughs> yeah. In this studio down the hall, Crem- uh, Roberta Solomon used to put on the makeup and host the. The Creature feature, on I actually just got to meet her back in L.A. She's a voice actor, and she lives in Portland, but she was in Kansas City getting an award for something, and we've become friends over the Internet because she knows how big fan I was of Crematia, and um, so I got to have her over to meet the kids the other day. It was awesome. Um, And then, um, you know, horror is such an important genre to me, and there's this big tie again. It's a cop-out answer, but when I think about um, the Miyake film, Audition. Oh mm-hmm. man! And mm-hmm. The Shining and The Exorcist. Those three are three films that rocked me to my core <laughs> yeah. in such a horrific way. They just changed the way I looked at the world. And I think of like the power of movies. So
2: Audition, man. That's a
3: that's a crazy one. Ooh, ooh. You don't. You're never. You're not the same after. <laughs> <you> know? <laughs>
0: Well, All the Creatures Here Below is tonight. I believe it's sold out because I tried to get tickets. Tonight
3: but. At the, uh, on the Plaza, at the Cinemark on the Plaza. And then we're on um, – uh, it's a day and date release through Sam Goldwyn on May 17th. So it okay. will be in theaters if awesome. we can get a lot of people to um – you know, put, put, send the message to Sam Golden. I, I'd hope, I'm sad that the Tivoli is now gone, but there are yeah. other great art houses. The, the, there's, um, Glenwood arts where we mm-hmm. did, we showed animals the last time. Um, there's a bunch of, of art mm-hmm. houses in Kansas City that might, you know, be able to take on the film. So hopefully, um, we can get it in Kansas city. And then it'll, if not, it'll be online uh, VOD, um, May 17th. Awesome.
0: awesome. We're all very, very excited for yes. you. And Thanks. we're so happy that you took the time to come talk to us. And I think we have to end on your voicemail.
3: I think we need to hear your voicemail
0: <laughs> on the podcast and share this with yep. everybody. Let
3: me see if I can get it.
0: If you, if you can get it guys. up. Yeah. So you guys can't see this, but Justin's wearing his Joker shirt today and David's a huge obviously as you just talked about Joker fan.
3: So yes, and tell I us the story yeah, I did a film called quick. Sushi Girl in Los Angeles and one of the stars of that movie was Mark Hamill and Mark and I became close friends during the process of making that and then since, since the year since but when we were filming it we talked a lot about both of us feeling so lucky that we gotten to work f- you know around comic book uh, properties including obviously his famous voicing of the Joker and me getting to work on The Dark Knight and so as a rap gift of sorts, he uh, he did the outgoing voice message on my um, on my voicemail. And I'll hold it up to the microphone, so hopefully it will play and not blow people's ears out. Let's see if I can get this to work. Let's see. Is that working? Coming to the phone right now. He's all tied up. In fact, I tied him up, found him, and dragged him in the basement. <laughs> Call back later. I know he's dying to talk to you. <laughs>
2: The that coolest is, thing. So that's been <laughs> that my fantastic.
3: voicemail for gosh, eight years now, seven years. And boy, my poor mom. She's like, when are you gonna change <laughs> yeah. the
0: voice? It's
2: never. That's it's good. Cool. It
3: means you? if someone leaves me a message, they really want to talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. They can listen to that all the way through.
0: I would call you just to hear it. Just though. to hear. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that's let's awesome. hear Mark Hamill again. I love again.
2: Again. it. That's yeah.
0: Great. Justin wanted oh, to know.
2: Do you have Michael Pena's phone number? <laughs> can I have it? <laughs> actually I do yes. <laughs> I know you may not it's just cool to know that like you have it and could just text him right now yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. alright I'm, I'm just a big fan I will he's an he's amazing talent man and that guy can do it all yeah. comedy drama everything.
2: well thanks so much for thanks. coming thank talking you, to thank you again no, it was great talking to you yep. yeah. we appreciate it